Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Run the Table podcast. It is Thursday, October 14th, which means we're about to dive into the full week six slate. After finally waking up from that snooze fest, which was another Thursday night game, I'm Tommy Garrett, senior fantasy analyst here at Pro Football Network. You can find me over on Twitter at Tommy Garrett PFN. And joining me as we kind of go over this entire slate with our start sets, uh, favorite bets of the week, underdog plays, and kind of look over the entire slate is Mr. Ian Warden. You can find him over on Twitter at NFL Film Study. Man, we had a we didn't have a good idea of what we had, didn't have a good feeling, I should say, about last night. We knew it was going to be low scoring. Kind of like the over because like it can't do it twice in a row. Like lightning can't strike twice. Hey, guess what? It did. That was a uh, that happened last night, and that's about as much as I can say. Like, I don't know about you. I think the fact that I think it was points bet. They paid out the under at halftime. I think that really encapsulates. Did they how really that game played out? Yeah. They actually announced the halftime that they paid out to all the under betters. So, uh, you know I've what? I've never seen that before. We tried to zig. We should have zagged on the total, but you know, there should have been four touchdowns in that game. Like in fairness, there's a drop. There's Darnell Mooney doing whatever he was doing on the last play. There's that failed fourth down from the one. I don't want to relive it, but I can't help but relive it. It was so bad. I'm so sorry. And the bad news is everyone just renewed their Amazon prime in order to pay for it. So that <laughs> that's the worst part really about all tough. this is the free trial ran out the week right coming into this week. So you had to pay full price for this game. I'm I'm just still salty. I'm butthurt about Curtis Samuel. I ain't going to lie. That was a smash opportunity for him. And it just, what could have been a 15 plus point game ends up at 2.6 PPR points because of drop passes and, and things like that. What I, what I found hilarious was Ron Rivera defending Carson Wentz, blaming the media for all this, even though he was kind of at the center of this firestorm because of his quarterback comments last week. To me, that's just, I, I, I want to laugh at it, but I'm not. I'm just going to let the internet do that for me because the internet will always remain undefeated. Uh, kind of diving into this late, let's kind of take a quick look at the injuries. Uh, a couple of things to kind of keep tracking on Keenan Allen, although this is a Monday night game and something we will cover on our Monday episode of the show. Just don't worry about waiting on them. There's sometimes you can wait on a Monday night player. Don't do it on this one. Dealing with a hamstring looks doubtful to play. And we've also seen what the, the Chargers will do with Keenan Allen when he comes into a game less than 100% he kind of just ends up turning into a decoy sometimes. He'll play like 10 to 15% of the snaps and go sit his happy butt on the sidelines and make a lot of money doing it. And it leaves all those fantasy managers that thought, hey, we could start him. You can't do it. It happened a couple of years ago against the Raiders where I look, I fell into that trap. I was like, hey, I'm going to start Keenan Allen if he's active. Don't do it. Don't wait. Just find a better option instead of waiting on Monday Night Football until we have a, a, a better idea, but just... Don't worry about that one. Uh, Kyle Pitts is expected to play this week after missing last week with a hamstring injury. That'll be great news, and uh, hopefully Marcus Mariota has that new target looking back uh, looking back at him so we can get, kind of get him involved because fantasy managers need to kind of get some better value out of that pick so far this year, which has been oof. Uh, we need some work on that one. Jonathan Taylor back practicing after missing last week in a good spot here against Jacksonville Jaguars and a team that surely, surely they're not going to lose twice, right? You got this game at home, so we'll see what happens. Chris Olave did practice yesterday. We're all still waiting, obviously, by the time we record this for some of our 
uh, Friday injury reports come out, but he did practice on Thursday, but he is yet to clear concussion protocol. But the fact that he did was upgraded from a uh, non-participant to a limited limited participant. That does that is a good sign. Although Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry both missed Thursday's practice, so even if Chris Olave can suit up, Marquez Callaway will uh, be a name kind of keep an eye on in deeper leagues. Raheem Mostert was back in action on Thursday after a DNP on Wednesday with a knee injury. And look, if anytime I see knee next to Raheem Mostert, I am instantly concerned. Um, last week, Miles Gaskin out-touched and out-carried um, Chase Edmonds. So that could be a pain in the butt if <laughs> Marie Mostert is not a full go. James Conner this weekend will be missing the game doing a ribs injury. We'll kind of talk about the fallout of that one here in a little bit. Rashad Bateman also did not practice on Thursday with a foot injury after missing week five. T. Higgins. Didn't practice also on Thursday with an ankle injury. Uh, ben Baby of ESPN got a quote from Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor saying he is day-to-day, and they have yet to determine his game status, so keep an eye on that one. And also remember, this week is the first week of bye weeks. Detroit, Houston, the Raiders, and the Tennessee Titans are on a bye this week. Uh, don't worry. Next week sucks even more, actually, as the Buffalo Bills, the Rams... The Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles will be on buys next week, so that's going to be fun. Uh, but what we're going to do is let's kind of dive into our start sits of the week for redraft. I'm going to kick things off with one of the biggest uh, risers we've seen in rankings with Damian Harris injured. That's going to be Ramadre Stevenson taking on the Cleveland Browns. Last week, 25 carries for 161. 90% of the snap share, 64% route participation, 100% of the touches in the second half. Cleveland's allowed the third most fancy points to running back so far this season. Second worst run defense in EPA. Fire up Ramadre Stevenson this week. Also, do the same thing with Nick Chubb. Uh, Patriots have struggled uh, to stop the running backs. I like Amari Cooper in a bounce back game this week as well. And then Jacoby Myers, someone I think we got to trust as a wide receiver three so far this year. You know, Benjamin, we kind of alluded to this with the James Conner situation. Have to start him this weekend. Uh, this is one of my favorite games. Also, if you're in DFS, I'm targeting this game a lot. Second highest projected uh, total of the week. And this could be a just an all-out guns blazing fest with how bad the Seattle defense is. And Geno Smith playing some pretty darn good football. Uh, you know, last week, 11 touches, 53 yards, which isn't great efficiency. But Seattle's allowed the most rushing yards per game so far this year at 170.2. We're reducing this uh, snap share down just to one person. Feed me Eno Benjamin this week. I love what we're getting out of him. On the other side of the ball, Kenneth Walker. Uh, we've talked about Kenneth Walker. Me and you both have, Ian. We love Kenneth Walker, how good his tape was coming in this year. Um, he's a must-start. This week, no question about it. Um, eight rushes last, uh, eight sorry, eighty-eight rushing yards last week on just eight, eight carries. Had a really nice sixty-nine-yard touchdown. Um, getting the route, the route participation. He's out there in the snap share. You've got DJ Dallas, who's not going to be any threat to Kenneth Walker. You've got to start him. Top fifteen play this week, and I'd say rest of season at minimum. Kenneth Walker's going to be a top fifteen back. Um, looking at another bounce back game for Christian Kirk in, in uh, facing the Indianapolis Colts. Last time these two teams played, caught six passes for almost 80 yards and two tutties. I think they kind of get the ship rolling again after kind of got 
knocked off course after facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Colts aren't the Philadelphia Eagles. That is to say the least. Um, we kind of talk about Jonathan Taylor, kind of keep an eye on him, like him this week. I also like Evan Ingram. I don't mind him. And also Alec Pierce, uh, who's really kind of stepping up over these last couple weeks. A couple more names to kind of take a look at. Drake London against San Francisco. Second in the NFL behind only CD Lamb and target share at 34%. That kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I didn't think it was that high, but he's averaging eight targets per game, albeit for only 53.2 receiving yards. Marcus Mario, I think they can kind of get this going a little bit better uh, just because they're not going to be able to run the ball as well against San Francisco. And quite frankly, too, Drake London does really well against zone coverage, which is what San Francisco utilizes a lot between 69 to 70% of their things. When you look at Drake London, 65% of his targets have came during zone coverage snaps. I like him with the 49ers potentially shutting down the Atlanta running game. One more name for me on these starts. I'm sorry, two more. Uh, J.K. Dobbins just looks good. He looks like J.K. Dobbins again. And I kind of, we, t- we both said, take a little bit of a wait-and-see approach. Looked good. Saw some really good runs where he's running with power, with confidence. And that's the biggest thing coming off a severe injury is running with confidence. Um, the Giants have allowed the 12th highest rushing success rate while sending 24th and 26th in EPA per rush and explosive yards. Baltimore can rattle these off. I know Kenyon Drake had a decent little bit of workload last week, but I think that's them just kind of slowly ramping back in um, J.K. Dobbins. Big thing on this one, the Giants, while they're 4-1, they faced all their opponents have been between 22nd and, sorry, 22nd and 27th in points per game. That might not be an accurate 4-1. This is going to be a true test for them. I like J.K. Dobbins especially to find the end zone because he doesn't get a lot of work in the receiving game. He finds that end zone. I think it'd be a good RB two for fantasy this week. My last start. They're kind of going to go over here is George Pickens against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been shutting down number ones, but they have been giving up yardage to number twos. Tampa Bay ranks fourth and most receiving yards allowed to number two so far this year. And while Deontay Johnson is viewed as the number one, really George Pickens has kind of been taken off uh, last week, six receptions uh, for 83 yards in week five, where Deontay Johnson had a 33% target share over the first two weeks. He's only dropped down to 20% over the last two, 71 yards on seven receptions. Give me George Pickens here in a game where the Steelers are probably going to be playing from behind. It might not be 31 points in the first half again, but sorry, guys, the Steelers are just not a good team. It is what it is, but y'all knew that already coming into the season. Uh, a couple quick sits here as well. Sticking in the same game, Najee Harris. You can't trust him right now. Jalen Warren's getting more targets, more routes, and compiled more yards last week, cutting into it. It's just an issue with his entire scheme right now. I don't know what Matt Canada is doing. I don't know why you want to work vertically when this team needs to push the ball down the field. Like I, I don't get it. Offensive line's an issue. Uh, yeah, it's... It's not good in the Steel City, that's for sure. Uh, Jerry Judy, guy I am very concerned about this week, just not progressing the way we thought it was going to coming out of Alabama. I'm going to sit him this week against the Chargers with their number one DVOA against number twos this year. Bryce Callahan targeted on just 13% of his targeted routes, which makes first among Los Angeles cornerbacks and fancy points allowed, catch rate, and yards covered per snap. Remember, that's a, off, that's a defense that added J.C. Jackson. Uh, they haven't got him see him as much this year, but Bryce Callahan is shutting guys down. 
You already got Russell Wilson dealing with a shoulder injury. Outside of Cortland Sutton, I don't see another pass-catching option for the Denver Broncos that I'm going to be a fan of. I alluded to also the rushing uh, inefficiency of the, of the Atlanta Falcons. Tyler Algier rushing only 13 times for 45 yards. Be sitting him this week against the San Francisco 49ers defense. That has yet to allow a running back to surpass 58 rushing yards on the ground so far this year. I hate doing this one because I really like Juju Smith-Schuster. One of my favorite players in the NFL endeared himself to every fan base he's ever been a part of going back to his time at USC. This is going to be a high-scoring game as well as Kansas City takes on the Buffalo Bills. But what have we seen from Juju so far that's going to give us any confidence? In the red zone, it's nothing but Travis Kelsey, so he doesn't even have the touchdown upside. He's been held to single-digit fantasy points in three times so far this year and has yet to hit 14 PPR points. Buffalo has allowed the six fewest fantasy points per game to receivers. As mu- as good as Patrick Mahomes is, I just can't recommend Juju Smith-Schuster right now. And one more that I hate. I hate this one. Like I've got the jersey hanging up of DJ Moore, but I can't do it. I can't do it right now. He is coming off a season high last week, but that was only 59 yards. Um... I just, yeah, I can't. Under 14 points in every single game so far this year. We got P.J. Walker under center. We got a coaching change. Maybe this injects some life into this team. I think there is always that narrative you could always throw into. They're they're playing together and things like that. That works from a betting angle, but it doesn't work for fantasy. Bad teams, just bad teams overall. Um, So I'll be sitting D.J. Moore as well. A couple quick little mentions here. David Njoku firing him up. Leads all tight ends with 250 yards over the last three weeks. The senior league, six targets, five catches, and 73 yards in each game over the last three weeks. Firing him up. Taysom Hill against Cincinnati. I mean, what do you expect? He's the best football player on the planet, right? I mean, that's that's what we all thought. Uh, so fire him up. And also going to sit Tyler Conklin, a guy who many people who were streaming the tight end position. Last week, we saw CJ Uzama kind of get reestablished in this offense. Tyler Conklin watched his route participation drop from 79% all the way down to 29. That's not good. Uh, so I will be sitting Tyler Conklin. Wouldn't be surprised if you can just outright drop him at this point if this kind of can, continues this week, but we'll kind of use this as a another moment here to see what Green Bay is going to guard this team. And if they do shut him down, then especially really just the the snaps. If the snaps kind of keep going this way, then Tyler Conklin, he's going to be droppable. But, hey, at least we got a couple weeks out of him from a position that's given us very little so far this year. Uh, we'll have some more start sits just on in our articles coming out here on ProFootballNetwork.com. Um, we'll also have our Sunday morning start sit over in the Discord as well. Uh, and also, if you guys have any more questions, please feel free to reach out to whether it's Jason Katz, whether just the department itself, whether it's Ian over at NFL Film Study or myself, we'll always be glad to help you guys out. But moving forward into our betting section, time to give a shout out to our friends over at Pickett. Are you guys tired of tracking your bets on messy spreadsheets and not knowing how much you've won or lost? Well, download Pickett, which is the best bat tracking app on the market. Pickett makes it super easy to track your bets, shop the best lines, and connect with a community of avid bettors. All you got to do is sign up today using promo code PFN365. 
sync your favorite sportsbooks, and you can win up to $100 for free. Pickett's 100% easy to use and 100% free to join. Remember, that is promo code PFN365, and you can win up to $100 just for signing up. Ian, you've gone through, kind of dove into this slate from a betting angle. You've got several games here listed, including the Baltimore Ravens taking on the 1-4 and New York Giants. What are you seeing from the picket community that's kind of leading you to zone in on this game? Yeah, it's super fascinating to see this. So the Ravens minus five and a half. Uh, we've got 93% of the money line money coming in on the Ravens. That's not a surprise. 81% of the bets going on the Ravens. I'm actually kind of surprised that it's even that low. I think yeah. really the question is, can the Giants cover? And that I will say, that's what I was saying last week entering their game against Green Bay, and they ended up getting the... <laughs> The uh, the upset win there, so I will you know. I but I do think Baltimore's a little bit better because they killed my parlay. Oh, crushed, crushed. But you know, look, seventy two percent of the money is coming on Baltimore spread, sixty four percent of the bets coming on Baltimore. Everything's saying Baltimore. Sometimes you have to look at that a little bit sideways, but Baltimore is generally not the team to let you down against the spread. They are a team of champions under John Harbaugh because they continue. Wait, so to are they the spread. Rick Astley of NFL teams? They are. Are they never? They gonna are. Let, they're never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never They're gonna incredible. run around and desert you. <laughs> that you should be their new that. theme song as they come out. That'd be great. I hope. I hope it is. <laughs> they just rickroll the entire stadium. Incredible. <laughs> Take that, Big Apple. <laughs> I think I gotta go Ravens here, though, man. Five and a half. I love that we're getting under six points here. Uh, I just don't. And we'll get into some of these. You, you talked about Dobbins, but yeah, we'll talk about them yeah. even a little bit more later. But this just shouldn't be a game where the Ravens have to do too, too much. This is the first real game for the Giants. They've played a bunch of mm -hmm. teams that aren't really too talented. They're not going to be able to just yeah. run this one out. Uh, this is going to be a tough matchup for them. Yeah, that that 4-1 and one record for the Giants, I think, is a little bit inflated. It's kind of like when the Steelers were undefeated that one year. Like, that, were you really? Like, you just kind of got lucky at certain times and kind of caught, caught some good matchups. It's kind of like we talked about with J.K. Dobbins. They've kind of played just nothing but teams that are ranked between 22nd and 27th in scoring that's not baltimore sorry baltimore's gonna come down they're gonna give it to you and they're gonna run the ball all day long i like i said even with rashad Bateman out you gotta favor the uh the baltimore ravens against the new york giants uh speaking with the new york teams taking on the green bay packers the jets and packers both sitting at three and two which i think is a little bit of surprise i don't think many of us expected going into week six for the packers and the the jets to have the same record what are you kind of looking at with this game so far yeah, this one kind of follows the trends from before where we all think Green Bay is going to win and it's a little bit less decisive over at the picket community. Uh, about 84% of the money is coming out on Green Bay. But what I agree with is where I think the Sharps are is that 69% of money is coming on the spread, which is always great nice. to see. We love that. The Jets are at plus seven. That's a lot of points. 61% of bets coming in on the Jets. I'm going to have to go with the Sharps here. I just think that the Jets, they are playing good football right now. Their defense is young. They're flying all over the place. The offense, yeah, they took advantage of a Miami team that's not that great. Like, I don't want to overreact to that game, but mm -hmm. I don't think that Green Bay is that good this year. And I was selling them entering the season. They don't have the explosiveness on offense, the consistency without Devontae Adams. The defense just hasn't really been the same. Like, that part's been a little bit strange to me. I'm not sure what's disjointed about that defense. But I think the Jets can take advantage. Zach Wilson, he's been playing okay. You know, he's been okay. He's, he's made a couple throws. I'm not. He's not impressing the, the moms right now, though, which is the downside. No. And that's we got to get that up. We got to get that swag factor up this week. And I think he will a little bit with that playing on that 69 percent of spread money. So we're going to go plus seven jets and hope for the best on this one. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on this one. It's it's just a numbers game, and sometimes you kind of just just remove the teams and just look at the numbers. Just sometimes, and I think this is one where just that touchdown just makes sense because the Green Bay Packers look like a team that could probably use a a number one wide receiver and could probably use someone who can go vertical. If only they had someone like a I don't know Marquez Valdez Scanling and maybe Devonte Adams. I I, I know help. that sounds far fetched. That sounds far-fetched. It's probably like an alternate universe, like a Marvel kind of movie setup right there where the whole thing comes together in some real crazy situation. Um, but, yeah, uh, and also speaking of the Packers, uh, Christian Watson is dealing with an injury as well. So that kind of just limits their explosiveness, although they've only been using on jet sweeps, which makes zero sense to me. Uh, you kind of hit on the Miami Dolphins here just a second ago. They're taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings sitting here as three-point favorites, four and one on the season. Kirk Cousins and the boys are rolling. What are you looking at with the the Minnesota Vikings heading down to Miami? There's not a lot special about this Minnesota team statistically, but I do like what I see when I watch them. They kind of feel like a team that they know their identity. They do it well. Kirk Cousins has been playing okay. He's not been playing great. Not the best football of his career, which I actually take as a positive. You got a new coaching staff there. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways that you can get Adam and Thielen involved and do a lot better. I think Irv Smith has a higher ceiling than what we've seen from him. And yet, like you said, they're four and one. A lot of the Sharps, they're looking at this money for Minnesota. They're playing the money line. They're playing the spread. 55% of the money is coming in on Minnesota, despite 67% of the bets coming in on Miami. Love to see that. The big money's coming in on the Vikings. I think Minnesota's just a three-point team, three points better team than Miami right now. We got Skylar Thompson playing again for Miami. You mentioned Raheem Mostert banged up. The defense, still not really sure what they're doing. Their pass rush has not been what we expected. They're not what we saw last year, despite having Josh mm-hmm. Boyer still in charge of them. A lot of question marks in Miami very quickly. I think when Tua gets back, he'll help answer some of those issues. Jalen Waddle yeah. basically unplayable in fantasy over the last couple of weeks. I think that continues. It's just a matter of you don't have a quarterback that can overcompensate for an offensive line that stinks. And that's really as simple as that. Vikings, I think, roll in this one, uh, at least roll relative to that three points, and I do think they cover. I agree with you. Um, It's funny because the Minnesota Vikings had a ton of close games last year. That's the same pattern so far. After two games where it was like 20 20 points, like 16-point spreads, the last three games have all been by less than a touchdown. 28-24 28-24 against the Lions, 28-25 against the Bears, 29-20, I'm sorry, 28-25 against the Saints, 29-22 against the Bears. It's like you're saying, close games, those three points, I think that just makes sense uh, with the Vikings, and especially going against a team that it's on like their third string quarterback at this point. You got to favor the Minnesota Vikings. Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Indianapolis Colts in a, like I said, it can't happen again, right? Can it, Ian? I I don't think so. I, I have to take some of the upside here. We've seen a couple bad games from the Jaguars. This is a great bounce back we game. We've seen a couple bad games from the Colts, too. It, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just been a bad season for the Colts, right? And hopefully Jonathan <laughs> Taylor looks like he's going to play. Uh, at least he's hopefully going to play. Like he's turning towards playing. That's helpful. You know, we did. I, I did write this line down before I saw that news, but the betters, they're mostly looking towards the Jags here. The money line's getting 64% on the Colts, but everything else is leaning towards the Jaguars. I just think the Jags are the better team right now. I don't know how you can look at this Colts team and have any type of confidence. Uh, They're winning games despite playing very poorly. I guess you could spin that positively and say, hey, if they figure this out, I don't think that they can, though. Their tackle play is terrible. Defensively, they're just not creating turnovers like they could. It's just a, a team of 
being disjointed, right? Like offense yeah. doesn't really have a good feel. It's not what we expected. Defense is looking at themselves like, hey, we're super talented, but it's also like year four of this and we're not like truly elite yet. I think the Jaguars take advantage. Plus two, I like the points here. That way I don't have to fully buy in on Trevor Lawrence, you know, making a boneheaded mistake to to lose the game or to win the game at the last second. I love Trevor Lawrence, but that man, interception got, in the end zone oof, is inexcusable. You gotta get it. Yeah, you gotta get that together. I mean, you know better. He knows better than that. He's been playing way too long, played at a high level in college, obviously. So he knows better than that. I do think they'll bounce back a little bit. Look for James Robinson too. We'll touch on him in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think James Robins James Robinson has a nice game this week. Yeah, Jaguars coming off back-to-back losses, looking to right the ship, and I think this is, oddly enough, a get-right spot, which I didn't think I'd be saying about the Indianapolis Colts, who came into the season as the favorites to win the division, looked like a very complete roster. Like All they needed was Matt Ryan to play like Phillip Rivers, and he's not, and that's a, that's a shame. But like I said, it's hopefully things get better. Otherwise, they're going to lose track of this division with the Tennessee Titans really starting to look better, and Derrick Henry especially starting to look better. Um, looking at a really fun matchup in the NFC East. Wouldn't be surprised if this ends up deciding the division already as the Dallas Cowboys sitting here at plus six and a half head to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love to take on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas sitting at four and one Cooper rush has done a great job filling in for Dak Prescott. Doesn't look like Dak will suit up. It's still questionable right now. Don't really know. What are you looking at in this game, Ian? Like to me, this could this be a closer game than some people are expecting? I think it is six and a half points. It just is a little surprising to me. I think we're discounting Cooper Rush a little bit here. Philadelphia, we've talked about it all season. I'm all aboard. I'm all in on the Eagles. They were my pick to win this division before the season started. Yep. Yep. Same thing. They're my dark horse for a Super Bowl. I mean, I love him, but at the same time, it's a divisional matchup. And divisional matchups generally are close games. The Eagles just played a really close game against the worst Arizona team last week. It's okay, guys. That's how the NFL works. Like it's hard to win by six and a half or more points. Like it's, and that seemed like the lock of the week. I thought Eagles five and a half last week was the lock of the week and it wasn't. So I'm looking at six and a half points. I think the Cowboys defense is fantastic. Uh, Mika Parsons, what he's doing right now. Demarcus Lawrence is in full form. Uh, Trayvon Diggs has, He's found that balance between playmaking and being a great coverage mm-hmm. corner. I just I like what this defense has so much what they're doing offensively. They're doing just enough. This is gonna be the Tony Pollard game. How do you get an explosive play out of Tony Pollard? How do you get the most out of CD Lamb? Really great yep. defense for the Eagles. Like it's this is nothing against the Eagles. The public is leaning towards the Eagles. Sixty the Eagles. Sixty six percent of bets are on the Eagles. Fifty seven percent of the money is on Philadelphia. But I'm gonna go with the spread play 57% of the money and the bets are on Dallas. I think that's sharps looking at this and saying, Hey, this is probably more like a four and a half, three and a half type of game. Six and a half is a huge number, even for this uh, primetime bout. So I'm going to go with uh, Dallas here. Like, I still think Philadelphia wins this game, but like you said, it's yeah. just a little bit closer than what some people are probably expecting. The one thing that I find really interesting, if you look since the start of last season, Jonathan Taylor leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns with 19 behind him. Damian Harris at 18 sitting here tied for third. James Connor with 16 and Jalen motherfucking hurts. I, we were all in on Jalen hurts and I love watching him ball out. I'm just so glad he is answering all these questions and shutting up the doubters. And that first round draft pick that the Philadelphia Eagles pretty much deferred into 2023 you don't need to use that on a quarterback. 
use it and attack a really offensively loaded draft. Jalen Hurts, I'm so happy he is having the season we hoped he would have and really just like shutting a lot of people up. And like I said, I think he comes out of this game 6-0, and but I do like what you're saying about the Cowboys still being able to cover the spread. This is the game of the week, though, right here. Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills. This is the game we all have been wanting to see. It's a AFC championship matchup, right? These are the two teams you're going to take the favorites. These are the two teams, and whichever one of these is going to face the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. If, this is, if you were to take the bets right now on who's going to win it, Chiefs versus Buffalo. Talk to me about this one, man. Yeah, this is going to be over Action City no matter what happens. Uh, the over to me is the bet. That's, that's yeah. all I'm doing. Definitely. I mean, just look at how the, the playoff game last year played out. Even their matchup, regular season matchup last year, uh, how it played out. The teams are going to score. So we're going to take the over as much as we can. We're going to take uh, as many prop bets that we can, go higher or go over, depending on what yeah. platform you're using. Just it, It's just a safe bet. I like this one for the Chiefs to win outright. It's a two-point spread. Buffalo is the favorite. 67% of the money is coming on Buffalo uh, money line and 63% of the bets. So the, the favorites... Uh, definitely continue to lean towards Buffalo, but this is in Kansas City. I think that's going to play out a little bit of a factor. 61% of the money is on the Chiefs spread. 51% of the bets is on the Chiefs spread. So I think that's a little bit of sharp action. I think they're seeing the same things that I'm seeing where Buffalo, yes, they're very good. However, Kansas City, the, the brand of football they're playing right now, I just I kind of think they're unstoppable. I, I really do. I just think offensively they are so deep and they have become so varied. I mean, the fact that they got four touchdowns out of Travis Kelsey when everyone and their mother, everyone <laughs> and their grandmother knew that he was going to get the ball after that yeah. first possession. It's like, okay, now we're just racking it up. It's too easy. And I know Buffalo has a higher standard than that, but this is where it's like Jordan Poyer. He's been banged up on the season, already missed two games to two various injuries, and he's expected to play. Mika, Mika Hyde, he's out, right? So those things are the things that add up in these type of contests. Dawson Knox coming back from an injury, that's going to play a factor too. Are these guys 100%? I just think we'll get into this game, and it's going to be like, okay, Chiefs are a little bit healthier right now. They're a little bit more on, on fire on offense. They're going to play into their strengths. They're not going to waste their time running the ball. They're just going to be throwing it all over the place. So I like the Chiefs' money line. Get plus 115 for that return. A big help too for the Chiefs, a player that we have talked about them needing. There's a possibility that they could very well be getting back Trent McDuffie, uh, their first-round draft pick this year. If they get him back, that's who they brought in to replace for Davius Ward after he left to go to the 49ers. If they get him, that's a big deal. That's that's a really big deal for this Kansas City defense. Um, and also for you guys in fantasy, this will be the last week you get to start the Buffalo Bills. Next week, the bye hits really, really, really freaking hard. Next week, the Buffalo Bills are on a bye, as are the Los Angeles Rams, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Not good. Um, and also don't forget your, uh, primetime games. You get Kyler Murray on primetime the week, the call of duty comes out. That'll be great on Thursday night on Sunday night. We get the Steelers and the dolphins. Then on Monday, the bears and the Patriots. Thank you very much. NFL week seven is going to suck. Hopefully, uh, we end up getting pretty good coming out of this on our, our pockets. Cause I don't see me putting a lot of actions down next week when we have a lot of bad matchups, a lot of good teams not playing, but we'll, let's, let's not jump the gun too quickly. Let's, uh, let's stick here in week six. Uh, and I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. It is underdog fantasy and their pick em game. 
Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats and pick whether they'll end up with higher or lower than that number in this week's game, and you can up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick entry, get all your picks right, and you can take home some cold, hard cash. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PFN, and Underdog will double your deposit up to $100. Remember, that is Underdog Fantasy with promo code PFN, and you can get in on the action today. I know we've been kind of diving into some of these lines, and I think we kind of alluded to some of these players earlier with some of the stuff we were talking about. I think the first person Ian will kind of kick things off with, J.K. Dobbins, a guy we were both kind of talking about him potentially having a good game. This is one guy you actually also do like his rushing projection at 44 and a half yards. Give me some quick thoughts on J.K. Dobbins and what you're recommending with him over on Underdog. Definitely. So he's got a 44 and a half rushing yard line. It's right in line with where he's been the last couple of weeks. He's been right hovering around that number. Got 13 carries two weeks ago. I would expect that type of number again. He was under 10 uh, last week. And I think that this is where Baltimore says, okay, we finally get a little bit of a break in our schedule. We need to take some pressure off Lamar Jackson. We need to take some carries away from him. Dobbins has to get more action. I think he fairly easily goes over, goes uh, higher on this number of 44 and a half. The Giants defense, it's good. They've played well relative to their expectations and to their talent, but they're not a defense that's overly suffocating. They're not a defense that's going to be able to just uh, load the box and stop the team because, well, Lamar Jackson's there. So if you do load up against Dobbins, it's going to be Jackson who goes off. It's it, When it's pick your poison like that, defenses have continually picked, let J.K. Dobbins get his five yards to carry. It's better than Jackson getting his 80 yards. So I, gl- I think he'll gladly get his 12 to 15 carries at five yards a pop easily clears the higher it's that whole thing like the lesser of two evils like which one am i going to let be me i can't let it be lamar jackson if it ends up being jk dobbins so be it because you know what baltimore wants to do they're going to run the ball down your throat it is what it is especially they don't have rashad bateman this week um which is one reason why i'm kind of looking at mark andrews you can see him they've got him right now listen over on underdog at six receptions had a massive game last week without rashad bateman he has eyes for mark andrews Sitting here at six receptions, I will be taking the higher on Mark Andrews for his reception total on this one. You've actually also looking at the passing game too, but on the other side of the ball, sitting here with Daniel Jones at 202 passing yards. Which way are you leaning on this one, bud? So I think initially we got into this season, we were looking at the Ravens defense. They were just hemorrhaging yards to that to passing games. 297 total yards against the Jets, 461 total yards against the Dolphins, 302 total yards against the Patriots. That's completely changed. Out the window, totally different defense now. The Bills and Bengals, they combined for less than 400 total yards. The Bills had 201 total passing yards. Bengals had 190 total passing yards. So what's that mean for Daniel Jones? He's got a 202 line here. I love the lower, not only because this defense is playing well, but also because Brian Dayball hasn't been putting the ball in Daniel Jones's hands. At least he's been limiting it. I mean, they're trying to, right? I mean, if so, I've got Saquon Barkley, I'm going to do the same thing, especially when I have a bunch of no-name wide receivers who aren't doing a damn thing for me. Exactly. Darius Slayton is his best receiver. Maybe Wandale Robinson, he's expected back this week. I just don't see how he's even going to get to 202. He hasn't gotten to 202 except for one week, and that was last week against the, the Green Bay Packers in London. But on the state's turf, he's at 188 yards, 176, 196, 71 yards. I don't see him getting a 202. I got to take the lower here. Yep, I'm with you. I'm, I'm passing on Daniel Jones just in general. And Baltimore, besides, they can just control the clock as much as they want to. 
and you limit those possessions for the offense on the side of the ball. Like I said, they're they're one to feed the ball to to Saquon Barkley. When you're looking at like I said, Darius Slayton and Richie James and Daniel Bellinger as your top options, that just ain't going to cut it in the NFL. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, we kind of looked at it earlier. The Seattle and Arizona game is one of our one of our big spots in both DFS. Uh, whether you're putting money on it and start sits, also for fantasy, we're doing the same thing over here at underdog. Um, Eno Benjamin sitting here at 52 and a half rushing yards. Kenneth Walker at 63 and a half. It should be no surprise we're smashing the higher on this one on both these guys. Uh, it's, I have a hard time seeing either defense really holding on and containing either one, especially with with the injuries. Like, they are the backfield for these teams. We know how talented these guys can be, especially Kenneth Walker. You know, Benjamin's had no less than 45 yards in every single game this year. You take out James Conner. you got Darrell Williams banged up, not playing. I will be leaning heavily on both those guys with my underdog pickums. Uh, looking at the Cleveland Browns uh, as they take on the New England Patriots this week, Jacoby Brissett looking at 207 passing yards. Does that seem like a low number to you, Ian? It is, and especially when I actually saw this, I had to double-check. I had to double-check that this wasn't a game in New England because usually you look at a quarterback like Brissett, you say he's an average guy, he's a backup. Okay, that's fine. He struggles on the road, and he plays fairly well at home. That's exactly how he's been this season. Look at his home games against the Jets, Steelers, and, and Chargers. 229 yards, 220 yards, and 230 yards. He's had some major mistakes in there, sure, but I don't care about that. I only care about 208 passing yards or higher. So 207 and a half. I love the higher here. The only time he hasn't gone higher is week one against Carolina. Things have been getting smoother since then. Obviously, Amari Cooper's been playing well. David Njoku has come alive and been a much, much, much better player in this offense. So I'm pretty pretty uh, excited for what Brissett and this offense can do this week. Obviously, they're going to run the ball a ton, but those are going to create big opportunities through the air. So I'm going to go higher. I love that one. Uh, Randy Moss. Oh, and I'm sorry. No, that's Gabe Davis. I get those two confused at this point, given how good Gabe Davis is. All right. Getting a little bit here. Uh, 55 and a half receiving yards. Granted, he's not going to have the type of week that he had last week every single time, which is that uber efficient and just nothing but touchdowns. But you can't sit here at 55 and a half receiving yards and not expect me to go higher. Not in a game where we're expecting a ton of offense and a ton of points. I've got to take Gabe Davis, even if he does end up matching up against Trent McDuffie. That's fine. I'll still take Gabe Davis one-on-one against most people in the league. You've gone to the other side of the ball and are looking at Clyde Edwards-Lair and the rushing total. Which way are you looking at here, the higher or the lower on over here on Pickett? This is one, you know, could we see Kansas City come out and try to just establish the run and dominate the, a great defense like they did against Tampa Bay? I guess we could. I don't think it's likely, though. I think this is going to be a pass-happy game. This, this ball is me throwing all over the place. I could buy CEH getting... 80 yards receiving some obnoxious fault, you know, number this week, but his rushing total at 38 and a half, he's gone, you know, on the higher end of that three different times this season, but he's also totaled 15 yards in the two other games. I think it's going to be one of those games where Kansas city looks at this and says, sorry, buddy, you're just not the priority. You're not the way for us to win this game. I got to go lower here. It's also just Buffalo defense. They just yep. limit everyone on the ground. Uh, a couple more plays here we'll run through here really quickly. Christian Kirk, I love this bounce back spot for him. 55 and a half receiving yards. We kind of talked about him earlier in the start sits. So I'll be going higher on Christian Kirk. George Kittle, I think this one surprised both of us. 
sitting here at 43 and a half receiving yards. I think there was a little bit of concern when they lost Trent Williams. We kind of just watched him just be the, the run blocker that he is, but they opened him up last week. We saw George Kittle get loose a little bit. 43 and a half receiving yards against a porous Atlanta Falcons defense. I'll take the higher on that one. I talked earlier about sitting Tyler Algier. I'll be taking the lower on his 46 and a half rushing yards. I just don't like what he's going to do against this this daunting 49ers defense. Uh, Leonard Fournette. There's several different angles you can take in this Pittsburgh versus Tampa game. And I think it's a game we're going to target a lot against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, we did against Buffalo. You've got a good offense going against Pittsburgh. I'm going to start looking towards a lot of those player props. Um, I know we liked Chris Godwin was a name that we kind of threw around a little bit. Uh, ended up going with Leonard Fournette. To me, the hundred and the I'm sorry, the 61 and a half rushing yards just seems too low for when we know they can just run the ball down the Steelers' throat anytime they want to. Yes, they can throw the ball as well. I don't even hate Tom Brady's 278 and a half uh, passing yards. But I think the four net play at the 61 half is the better angle to take on this one. And on the other side of the ball, I talked on George Pickens earlier. I like the higher 46 and a half in a game where they've got to throw the ball. Um, kind of talk about the struggles of Deontay Johnson and the resurgence of George Pickens with Kenny Pickett. That's the duo that the Steelers fans are going to be hoping kind of gets even stronger over years to come. I'll be taking the higher on George Pickens at 46 and a half receiving yards. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the, of the show, feel free to leave a rating interview, whether it's over on iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts at. Also continue to stay up to date with all the latest news around the league by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com where you can find all the analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. And remember to get involved with the PFN community. The PFN Pass gets you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFN Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineup and waiver wire advice, and a Sunday morning start sit, plus even more betting coverage during the week to help you fill up that bankroll. It's also never too early to get involved with the 2023 draft season, which is approaching quicker than any of us expected. Believe me, we're already seeing Christmas commercials on TV that tells you how quickly this year is going. You can head over to profootballnetwork.com forward slash mock draft and check out the 2023 PFN MDS. You can follow Ian over on Twitter at NFL Film Study and myself at Tommy Garrett PFN. Speaking for Ian, good luck this weekend, and we will see you guys on Monday for our next episode of the show.